Hey, everybody. We're really excited to announce that on Friday, August 19, we are going to be doing our first ever live show at the New York City Pinball Championships. Now, some of you may remember our emergency episode back in the day where we talked about Deep Root Pinball and the absolute torrent of scandals that came along with some of the worst pinball machines ever made. And if you don't know about it, go listen to the episode. But we're going to follow up on that story because, hey, history keeps happening in the world of pinball. So head on over to nycpinballchamps.com to get more information about that. And if you would like to get a discount, check out our Patreon. What? I, I, when I was like 16 years old, I modeled my life on Sally Bowles uh, in can- like the candor of Sally Bowles. And then I grew up and discovered Wikipedia as a thing and read about the real life uh, inspiration for Sally Bowles and was like, I don't think my nose can handle that much cocaine so i gotta go a different path in life i'm sure your roommate elsie is very very happy that you didn't go the route of sally bulls but what was it what was it about that story that really spoke to you what was it, it was like this needs to be me right now was it like just being really mysterious and really bohemian or what so at the time i was living in uh in, in northern virginia um mm. which is mm. which is basically berlin 1930s but without right. gay people uh so i was like <laughs> the thing that i need for oh, this no. is like queer people and also yeah. to look like guys Manelli. Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, where we all promise to be more and more like Liza Minnelli every day. I'm the worst of all possible Joshes. I'm the worst of all possible AJs. And I'm the worst of all possible Brians. Joining us today, we have a guest who has been a friend of mine for quite a while now, and she has a great podcast of her own. We're really excited to have her joining us today, Emily Robinson. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, and I think this is pro- possibly the most deranging, like, source content content for a podcast that I've ever done. <laughs> so the, the, the long form breakdown I'm excited for. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about like your show and uh, what you do on that? I've got a show with my my co-host, my dear co-host Manu, um, and we go scene by scene through uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Peter Jackson trilogy. And we just had AJ on to do <laughs> the most unnerving Gollum impersonation I've ever experienced. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I get the no buck. That impersonation has gotten him multiple unpaid jobs. Uh, that's very very true, and. And a fiance. So, well, how about that? And they don't pay either. <laughs> they sure don't. That episode is actually, uh, I believe, out now. As of when this episode will be released, people can also go to your Patreon and uh, get that. So, we'll put a link in the show notes and talk about it again at the end of the show. Yeah. So, so your podcast focuses a lot on the literary output of one oh. John Ronald Rubel Toll, however we pronounce that last syllable. Keen, Ken, Kien, Kien, who cares? I like Kien. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing the new, new Tolkien movie this weekend. <laughs> and today we are going to focus on a very close personal friend of John Ronald Rubel last name. And this man is a, na- is a guy... He, he, also goes by his initials because he has an even weirder name, Clive Staples Lewis. Do you remember on Community where they had a man legally named Subway for a while? <laughs> I'd like to think that a similar situation happened with C.S. Lewis where he was like a little bit low on cash and sold his middle name 
Tooth staples in order to make ends meet. Were you the one who wasn't sure that whether or not Clive Staples was a joke or not? Yeah, no, no. I yeah. said it, and AJ was like, "Yeah," and moved on to whatever the next riff was in our conversation. And I was like, "No, AJ, you're gonna have to sit with this for a second. I told you, I told you a truth just now. This was not a joke. The man, the man, the man. It's almost as though his first name and last name are two pieces of paper, and he needed to connect them somehow. And he's mm. like, you know, how I'm gonna do oh. that. Uh, not a paperclip. Nope, nope. Needs to be a lot more incisive well, and uh, <laughs> than that. And that's what we're, and you know, that's what his writing is, especially in this godforsaken book. And my favorite thing about Clive Staples Lewis is his titular center in Los Angeles where <laughs> the uh, Clippers play or played. What is it now? The Crypto.com Arena? Anyway, he later on changed his name to no. Crypto Staples Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, um, <laughs> would love to hear a little bit about your background with C.S. Lewis, what you know about him, what drew you to him. And also, you were the one who suggested that we do uh, the screw tape letters, today's subject. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So so, <laughs> so I actually have like the least intellectual kind of background with uh, C.S. Lewis imaginable because it's literally like I read, I think, the first five Narnia books as a kid um, and back in the day, you know, when we had to go outside and, and wait for our uh, computers to, to hook up, to dial up uh, and then run right. back in and play The Sims. Um, so <laughs> I did a whole bunch of that as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then kind of put him away for a while, um, mostly out of like a, a kind of hatred of Brits generally. Um, and then I did committed like mm. the ultimates and, and, and moved here, moved to Britain um, and then got two degrees in British history. Um, and unfortunately started to care very much about these I think C.S. Lewis would agree that you've committed a great sin by moving to Britain. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah there is nothing that Krusty Socks Lewis hates more <laughs> than the Brits. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, God, it's awful. So so I ended up... Um, God, I, this is... I, I think I have to do this, like, and this is kind of going to be my moment of atonement, but I, I was I was at Cambridge last year um, and uh, kind of suffering through a, a painful degree there um, and was was kind of looking for an outlet. And so, of course, went as one does to, to J.R.R. Tolkien and Lord of the Rings um, and was was kind of reading through it and, you know, going on these, like, Wikipedia dives. And then there was all of this, this kind of horrifying stuff about um, C.S. Lewis. And I was like, oh, I remember that guy. Like, yeah. But great book, good good vehicle for launching James McAvoy's career. Great. <laughs> <laughs> read the screw tape letters in prep for uh, my, my my sort of research, which which dealt mm. in large part with like why the fuck are the Brits like this? Um, and it, it turns out this is the Bible of why the Brits are like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's such a unique peek into the sort of general cultural neurosis of yeah. uh, the Bog people, and, yeah. and uh, it's not ashamed of that either. It's really no. like sardonically writing about neuroses and sardonically writing about the neuroses that lead to sardonic writing um, <laughs> hey look okay i do have it's to a say strange loop that as an, that as an irishman i feel like i need to really say that we are bog people the british have taken enough from us do you do you know what i mean like at least leave us our bogs so you're reclaiming the bog is, yes. is what you're doing i i can't abide by this like we know the english are also bog people boudicca, <laughs> boudicca and her nude soldiers all hid in the bogs as the roman legions marched through i can't i can't them. believe we're gonna lose the brits guys, I, I was gonna say guys, guys i just i just checked the patreon we've lost Three subscribers? Gone, gone. Just Please, now? They're, they're all trash future <laughs> listeners. We're not mean enough. Yeah. 
They well, get off on this shit. <laughs> well, the, the English are... Well, not the English. I should be very careful about this. The Brits are actually like strip mining mm. the Irish peat bogs right now. Um, and, mm. and this is like... A, this is one of these things... My, my partner is like an Irish legal journalist. And so I hear this shit oh, all wow. the fucking oh, yeah. time. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I'm like, you know, the, the Irish can no longer grow a whole bunch of their shit because the, the English have strip mined the bogs because... They've already stripped mine their own bogs. Is um, it wait? So is it because it. there's coal beneath the peat bogs, or is it the peat itself that they're burning? Yeah, off? peat is like a, quite a good like fertilizer and sure. preservative, I oh. think. Um, and this country got rid of all of its farms, uh, like in the early 1900s, and right, uh, and then we right. Brexited, and now we have no food. We might need these again. Victory are, gardens. <laughs> so yeah, speaking of of the English and the Irish and the and the many complications that happen on these horrible little islands um <laughs> clive staples <laughs> lewis was Ireland born too. in 1898 in belfast uh his father was a solicitor and his mother florence hamilton uh was a descendant of church of ireland clergy so they were you know anglican but not anglican because they were irish mm-hmm. she also was descended from an 18th century member of parliament named john staples so there that's where the Staples middle name came from his brother's middle name was Hamilton so there you go poor guy Alexander uh, <laughs> Hamilton. His his brother Warren Warren Hamilton Lewis was sent off to boarding school you know he was a little bit older and C S or Jack at the time he named himself after their dog that died uh, had some tutoring I at home. Wonder about that. That's normal yeah. behavior. Yeah, with uh, some private tutors and his mother teaching him Latin. Basically had no other kids around. Like they they had, when he was young, moved out of the city. So they were just outside of Belfast. And he was in a house with his parents. His, he said, prematurely old grandfather, which I think might mean that he was just senile at a younger age or something oh, like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. It's a very odd uh, phrase that he uses. There were a couple of maids. There was a gardener, uh, but no other kids. Right. So his only real like connection with anyone his own age was when Warren would come back home for holiday. Mm. That would be it. And then he'd go back to boarding school. So he became a voracious reader of Beatrix Potter, of Norse mythology, Greek mythology, fantasy books. He, he, he's t- he talked about how he read Mark Twain's uh, uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court over and over again. But he only read it for the King Arthur's Court. It was the only book he had about that era. And he said he just had to discount the vulgarities of, of Twain's text. And oh, boy. <laughs> he, I, I, here's, here's what I'm going to say is it sounds like cantankerous Snagglepuss Lewis was really oh, my, fun. How many at of parties. these do you have, AJ? <laughs> It's a whole, it's at least four pages. Great. I mean, obviously. So he he most of the time spent his time like hoarding books up in an attic and reading. Um, he had a congenital defect in his thumbs. Actually, his father and his brother both had this. It was a hereditary symphalangism. It affected his ability to open his hand wide. the The bottom knuckle of his thumb was fused, oh, so he could whoa. write. Just so it was like in a normal position. Like if you see a picture of him, you know, you, you wouldn't know anything. He can write fine. He said he could tie a bow better than anyone but when it came to throwing a a ball swinging a bat shooting a revolver he he really couldn't do it he was really good at bowling though (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is another part of why probably not the way that british people bowl Mm -hmm. don't don't they do weird bowling yeah Yeah, they have like fake bowling right yeah dumb as shit yeah (laughs) balls clubs always have the cheapest booze in a town so 
Oh, oh. Well, there you go. It's a hot tip. Yeah, that's you can see it yeah, smells on something that one, for but... when we go on our European tour. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> On our Euro trip with Michelle Trachtenberg. Um, so, 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 what was next for Constant Simphalangism Lewis? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. You're adapting. Yeah. He's learning. <laughs> We've trained the AI. It is. Yeah. AJ. Well, what's next for him is his mother dies of cancer. Oh, boy. Yeah, so now don't you feel great, AJ? Cancer sufferer Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm not going to call him Jack. I'm just going to keep calling him Clive or CS. So Clive was then sent to boarding school. If you read uh, his autobiography, the chapter where he describes going to boarding school is entitled Concentration Camp. So this was not a good experience. He went to a place, he referred to it as Wyvern in his book. It was called the Wynard School. And it had about... 16 students at most, about half of which were boarders. And it was actually shut down because it was taken to court for a student being assaulted there. Holy shit. And remember, this is like 1910 at a boarding school. It's expected that your kid's going to get the shit beat out of them. So the fact that this actually went to court, very significant. What a nightmare. This this guy ends up being a fucked up little kid, huh? Yeah, I mean, so, so this school... It just had this one headmaster and his son and like uh, two ushers and they just kept firing the ushers and and hiring new ones. It was very fast uh, turnaround. And C.S. Lewis described him not as a sadist. He said, I don't think he got any sexual thrill from it. He just liked beating kids who were of lower class distinction. Oh, God. He did not suffer from this because even though he was Irish, he wasn't lower class, right? He had maids and shit. This school did not last very long while he was there. His brother had been going there for three years before him at least. Yeah. Oh, and also after it shut down, the headmaster was committed and he died in an asylum. So then he goes to a sequence of boarding schools, one briefly back in Ireland for a couple months, but mostly throughout the United Kingdom. Then he goes and serves in the First World War, goes into trench warfare, gets injured very soon uh, in a shelling, and then gets stationed back in Britain, finishes out the, the war there, and then goes back onto his university studies where he meets such people as J.R.R. Tolkien. So while he's at Oxford, you know, he's an atheist at this point. He's he's done with the whole religion thing with his with his dad and with his extended family and all of that bullshit. It's just gone. And war probably had a huge part in that. The war, the war was a factor yeah. for sure, but I think he had already kind of abandoned it by that point. So he's he's in his like edgy deal with it phase right yeah. now. Yeah. And so he he's kind of found this this person that he, he ends up living with her. She was the mother of a friend of his who died in the war. And he kind of, it was one of those like battlefield promises. Like if I don't come home, you got to talk to my parents. And since he didn't have his own mother, they they bonded very quickly. And there, there's even some thought that they may have been sleeping together uh, throughout the 1920s. How Freudian. Yeah. So he, because of, uh, largely because of his conversations with Tolkien, but also his his reading, he always said a, a young man who wishes to retain his atheism cannot be too careful of what he reads. He converts back to Christianity and to Anglicanism specifically. He's more of an ecumenicalist, right? He, he does believe in certain sort of old Anglican ideas that are, that come from Catholicism, like purgatory or the different tiers of sins and things like that. But Very he... Right is more interested in what G.K. Chesterton put forth, right? This idea of mere Christianity, of Christians finding a bond that is in the very basic tenets 
of of the Christian theology. So in now we're at World War II and his mere Christianity, what ends up becoming the book Mere Christianity, uh, is something that he was actually hired by the BBC to deliver these radio addresses in 1941. All of those addresses were what eventually became that book. And at the same time, he's writing for The Guardian, which is not that Guardian at this time. That was still called The Manchester Guardian. This Guardian was an Anglican newspaper okay. where he wrote essays that were in the form of a demon <laughs> named Screwtape writing to his nephew, Wormwood. <laughs> so that's where we start to get to the Screwtape letters. All right, cool. <laughs> really interesting book. And we're going to we're gonna unpack this I sort of piece by so piece. fucking much. I hate <laughs> everything about this fucking book. Um, but I, I have a question for everybody because this yeah. is, this was my first time reading uh, Screwtape Letters in its in yeah. its entirety. I saw the stage show back in 2010 when it was off Broadway. Condolences. I actually went there uh, with an ex of mine, and Screwtape was like very like it was a very important book to her growing up. I guess in her defense, I I didn't take it as seriously as I think she wanted me to. It was like she was showing me something that she like really loved, and mm. I was not as sensitive. Uh, to that as perhaps I could have been but oh my god it was one of the most unendurable evenings of theater I've ever experienced in my life because all they did was just read perform the letters for you out loud and then in between each of them it would black out and you just hear the same bump bump but a bump but a bump but a bump bump but a bump but a bump but a bump 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 for like 10 seconds and it would come up and they'd be in like a slightly different position but he'd always start with my Dear Wormwood, and then begin again. And I, 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 at one point, I just I started laughing, and I couldn't stop laughing because I realized that this was forever. Like there was no, there was it's no like, leaving this. Th- this is, uh, and, and there are there are thirty one screw tape letters. So there were thirty one blackouts where, the, and then the lights come up. Bup, 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 bup. It, There's no way they did the whole thing. They did right? not do the whole thing oh, okay. because the whole oh, thing. Jesus. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like fully experiential theater. There, like welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> elevator repair service shit <laughs> they fully cut it in half um so that it was only an hour and a half um uh because i listened to the audiobook in preparation for this in addition to reading it um that john cleese performs which is on any streaming platform you want uh it's, yeah, it's everywhere. Uh, you can just find it on youtube emily yeah. i see you just sort of like shaking your head in disappointment right now uh, yeah especially at, yeah at john cleese please when i read this for the first time i, I remember going through this and being like god this is like er like Monty Python, um, but but John Cleese has kind of had, uh, I don't even want to call it his like villain art because he, he's kind of always been like this oh, and, yeah, and yeah. never really coy about it. Yeah. But like, you know, he's doing all this stuff like, oh, the, the, the tenement dwellers meeting the Scottish people like rule over us and uh, you know, shouldn't we kind of roll the tanks into Glasgow, which I agree with, but not rolling the tanks into Edinburgh um, <laughs> or like, you know, his whole like cancel culture shit begging to be canceled. And mm. when I was reading Screwtape for the first time, I just remember being like, I can hear this in John Cleese's voice. <laughs> and then it turned out I could actually could hear literally. in John Cleese's voice. <laughs> yeah, it's like point A to point B of like the death of like British comedy or like self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> My dear Wormwood. Like it's oh, just, God. it's so, it is funny because he actually fucks up a lot while reading a it. Lot. And they don't edit it out. He just goes, Bubba Hey folks, this is a preview of a premium episode, and if you want to hear the rest, go on over to Patreon. You get to hear such lovely things as 
Well, C.S. Lewis's thoughts on sex, for one. Anyway, we got the link in the description below. If you like our guest, and how could you not, go check out her show, My Brother, My Captain, My Podcast. Uh, AJ just guested over there, and it was awesome. They have a Patreon, too. Again, it's all in the show notes. Go check it out.